2: CEO Julian Winter this evening.
3: Yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, obviously, as most people will, will know, obviously, um, Ben Mansford left at the end of last season. Uh, John T. Uh, Castle then took over on an interim basis. And uh, the club, is it about a month ago now, maybe six weeks ago, recruited Julian? Um, just a bit, of, I'll give you a little bit of background that he gave to us tonight as regards. Um, as regards his sort of CV, he, he was ex-pro. He played for um, uh, Huddersfield and Sheffield United, but um, was one of the unfortunates who, who had a career-ending injury quite quite young. So he took himself off back to uni, uh, did a, a, a leisure-based management degree, and then he sort of had a, a, a not that he intended to do it apparently, but a, a career in football done a lot of work with community trusts or or what are the equivalents of in various clubs in his early days. And then as he's become more experienced, he's had fairly high profile and, and CEO positions at places like Huddersfield, Sheffield United, Watford, and then most recently Swansea. So, um, uh, you know, a very, very varied career. Um, Seen a lot of clubs in different scenarios, Dealt with a few basket case owners in his time. from what for what he was telling us, uh, Watford I think was being one of them. Uh, and I think we um, uh, we we'd, we'd asked for a meeting with him, um, and obviously he's had to get his feet under the table first. So we had a Zoom meet tonight with the with the committee. Um, I think BST are putting something out in relation to this, but. Um, he came across, he was quite refreshing, really. He came across as very open, um, quite direct as well. So, you know, he says what he wants, you know. The, the meeting will last so long and, you know, he's all jokey, but it will last that long, you know, because, you know, he's got a job to do and they don't want to sit there for three hours listening to a load of, load of waffle and, and we don't want that either, to be fair. it was So we, the focus was very much on how we could, uh work together moving forward. Obviously we've I know it's been on the back burner a little bit, but you've got the um uh you you've got the fan-led review that's gonna be implemented. There's gonna be uh, all sorts of change. Nobody quite knows how it's gonna pan out yet, but there's gonna be all sorts of changes to do with that. And and that's gonna almost enshrine the need for a lot better dialogue. Um and I think what we've probably seen, listen, they're all right, but what we've seen with the um uh with with the um structured dialogue sessions is they're a bit staged, same people tend to go to all the meetings b s t shift it around a bit, but you know there's a lot of the same faces there every time. nobody else really gets a proper handle on what goes on, and that causes i think a little bit of um uh dissent from their own word, but people aren't happy that it seems to be a bit of a closed shop uh lack of transparency. So we had a good chat with him about how that could change. I think he has spoken about his uh, experiences at other clubs and what stood out for me was that he seems very, very keen on what I'd call meaningful fan engagement. So we're not on a box ticking exercise where you you have your three meetings a year. Um, I think he envisages having a lot of dialogue with fans at different levels and... Um, you know, most certainly from the trust perspective and my perspective as, you know, because I was, when we were involved, when I was involved with the board at interim, on the interim board level, there was, you know, I think there was a reasonable amount of dialogue going on then. And I think, I think, we, you know, under his stewardship, we're going to see quite a bit more of that. Um, I think I got the impression he could see the value of, of the input that fans could give. Um, and and that's based on his experience you know, we had some other discussions about projects that club and BST might work on. That's more for BST to talk about in due course, I think. Uh, but yeah, overall, it was it was a good hour. You know, I, I I didn't go into it with huge expectations, but I came out of it far more positive about the impact he's likely to have. Because one of my big bugbears that I've spoken about on here is is the is the lack of communication for the football club. I think you know we only ever seen in my experience, recently we only ever seem to get it when we get told off and and that's not a great thing, you know these statements that tend to be a reaction to what's gone on in social media when people have been throwing the proverbial toys out of the pram um, I don't think is the way to communicate, because in reality those people are a minority um, and I think the club should be engaging a lot more with the majority and I get the impression from Julian that You know, he's very much um, a communication-based person. And I think we're going to hear a lot from him. And I think the fans are going to get some good levels of engagement with the club. And it's a two-way thing, you know, because we, not just BST, but anybody who participates in any form of dialogue will be able to share their experiences, share their ideas. And some of those ideas might, you know, find their way down into what the club actually does. Which is what it's all about, you know. You don't, you don't want the CEO anybody for the club sitting there just listening to people drone on. You want people who are going to turn up at these meetings with some positive ideas and things that hopefully will improve the the experience, match day experience, and the overall experience of being a fan of Blackpool FC. So. Um, I think we'll find you know that the, the engagement will all be all be the same type as well. I think we're going to see lots of different things, hopefully, some things that will link, help people who are uh, exiles. Um, I can see them trying to get out into the community with this a little bit more and maybe making meetings sort of um topic specific as well. You know, so there might be team based meetings, there might be you know, um, uh. Uh, project-based meetings, there might be all sorts of different stuff, but I think it's going to be a fairly regular thing, and that for me is music to my ears.
2: I think I think for me, it's great that we've got a CEO that is actually an an ex-pro, I and mean, that's very rare in kind of football directorship management circles. And I was just looking into it before; Tim, mean, he's played over a hundred games games Huddersfield Town, so yeah. it looks like. Uh,
3: I've got an impression he's he, i did I didn't I'm read I haven't looked up at his stats but he said he, he battled, he had about ten ten uh, uh operations on his knee over four years and he retired at twenty seven. So it must be quite uh you know, it's catastrophic, you know, if you th- if you're a footballer and obviously playing at quite a reasonable level at Huddersfield and Sheffield United, you, you know, you're sort of the the um you know at the start of moving into what should be the most important part of your career, and then it's just taken away from you like that. You know that shows how fragile that occupation is, doesn't it? You know, you you're literally one clumsy tackle or one uh, jarring knee away from losing your job, aren't you? At all times.
1: Did he talk at all about? I mean, it's obviously been a critique we've had over the last couple of seasons that different parts of the club there's lots of people with these management roles Mm. but it hasn't really added up to a very coherent picture did he talk at all about um how his experience with both business of football and playing of football whether whether he felt that could knit together the different elements of the club or was he purely talking about sort of more business community kind of things did did he strike you as like the classic CEO role or did that football inside have a have an element to it
3: I think I think obviously it was an intro session tonight so I'm too honest for the first 10 or 15 minutes it was a and there was bar one committee member everybody was on the call so you know he wanted to know about us as well and what what our skill sets were and you know and and actually he's he's when you when you sit there and listen to other people talk about skill sets on the committee, you sometimes beforehand you don't re- quite realize where their experiences lie and, and and what they bring to the party. And um, so I think I think he, he came away probably reasonably impressed with with the you know with what we had on 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 the committee. But that that took a little while. And then and then he did he must have spent ten minutes talking about his his sort of background. So that sort of only gave us probably about half an hour or so um, to deal with the. Um, agenda items that we we'd sort of fix, which were kept quite generic, because it was again, it was very much stressed as being the first of what hopefully will be many uh, many such discussions, and they will be more specific. But what, what I think what what he spoke about, which I think was is quite useful, is that you know he's obviously been at various clubs. He's, I think he's probably if, if you total them up, been about seven or eight clubs in total. And and so he's got quite a good, I think he's got quite a good insights from those different experiences as to what can work, what doesn't work, and and what and and particularly the the way in which um, you're best communicating with fans. And I think I think I get the impression he didn't actually say as much, but I get the impression from him that he sees the structured dialogue as, you know, yes, you have to do it because the EFL say you have to do it it not necessarily the most effective way, um, and and I know I know fast have to look at ABFTT and you know the number of times it's told you know people are quite critical and they're critical because they feel excluded, um, and so I think I, I think uh, he didn't really focus on how he sees him knitting the various aspects it's of the club hierarchy together, and that didn't
1: really crop up, um, uh, today to in all honesty I think I asked the question because obviously obviously people do feel you know I totally agree with you on people feeling excluded but I think one of the things is we haven't performed very well as a football club Mm. over a period of time and we've paid some quite high salaries to people to do recruitment to do well to manage the football team to recruit for the football team to do various different roles that didn't exist before and, you know, we, we've talked on here about how we felt that perhaps in the boardroom, you need a football head. You need, you know, perhaps that what was missing... To some degree, was the was the Jimmy Armfield esque character. Now, I'm not suggesting Julian Winter is a Jimmy Armfield esque character, but as he's got the experience of playing professional football, and as you say, being around lots of different clubs, I suppose what I would hope is that he has the ability to, as the CEO, as the the sort of the, the lead, the the highest manager of that structure, to hold the various other bits of the structure to account and hopefully to make those things work. I mean, yeah. obviously he hasn't talked about that, but that's what I would hope. That yeah,
3: well, and, I, 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 you know, Alyssa, you know, he's, you know, I, I, we've, we've previously, you know, you look at the, tip, they cut the club.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's been at, at a
3: very senior level and they are decent clubs, you know, and they, will, and they will have their issues just in the same way that we have. I mean... Swansea I think is is generally perceived to be quite a stable club off the pitch but I think I think he's had to deal with some some dynamics there in relation to the introduction of minority shareholders he he's, he's briefly spoke about the uh the issues at Sheffield United which involved the outgoing owner the and and the Saudi prince who owns them now and and that ended up I don't know the detail of it to be honest but that ended up in the high court from what I can gather um so um uh you know uh, he he's de- he's used to doing with the and of course you've got Watford and the and the um and the car crash ownership model they had for a while. Um I don't think it lasted I don't think he stayed very long after he took over. Um but um yeah so I, I think I think he you know he he's been there and bought the t shirt in relation in relation to experience. Um you know you know he's still obviously getting a measure of everything that's going on. Um, but i get I, I take the point um you know i think if you look f- um if, if you look for uh, uh pound you know uh where where, where the pounds are going and, and what you're getting in return um you know i think we you know recruitment's been an ongoing issue hasn't it in relation to um our club as to whether we're recruiting the right areas and whether they're getting the right people and you know i think you've got to be starting to look at what we're doing, how we're doing it, and wondering whether we are getting, whether we're getting value for money there, and I'm, you know,
1: well, I, I mean, ultimately, you could boil it down to this: we we are about in the same league position as we were when Sadler took over. Mm. He's put a lot of money into it. That money hasn't just gone to football; as that money has gone to, you know. A, I'm just relisting the list of people who said before, we've been through a churn of a number of those people mm. and we're in basically the same position as when... Um, I think we're actually lower than we finished um, in that season when Terry McPhillips resigned just before, yeah. you know. So, So actually... At this point, we've maybe spent all this money to be two or three places lower than than Terry McPhillips got So we probably do need to get better value for money. And it's you know it's all very well having the endless cyclical arguments about you know is Sadler the right man? does he put enough money? And he does put he has put uh, 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 you you can see in the accounts he's put a substantial amount of money into the club. The question is, is he getting value out of that money? That's that's the first question. Um, and, and hopefully this, this guy's got the experience to make sure some of that money is spent better, uh, spent more effectively and more efficiently.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, Andy, I think that's just what we've been saying. Um, I think what, what Tim said about, or about Mitch, about the fact that there's proper football knowledge now, um, from, from the playing side, I think that will be a huge positive in the, in the boardroom and hopefully that'll trickle down to the rest of the team, uh, club as a whole
4: hopefully um you know the proofs in the pudding with with anybody so let's give him as good a chance as we can to to do what what he can do everyone deserves a go um and he he's got he's got an opportunity to make a real difference at the club if he does his job really well he'll uh, he'll get us on side and they you know he's also um he's got to have uh, a word in the ear to the owner, surely, if things, if we don't feel as though things are right on the field as well. Because, you know, I see they were advertising tickets for Reading on Saturday. Um, with what we've seen so far, I don't think there'd be a huge queue, queue around the block for tickets for that game that are not season ticket holders. So he's got that to deal with as well.
2: Tim, did some from from what you've just said there, do you think there'll be a proper fans forum like there used to be? Would you Would you
3: imagine? Yeah, he, he spoke. He spoke about that. I, I think we're going to get a blended, blended dialogue. So I, I think we're, he's stuck with the structured dialogue meetings because I think you've got to have those. They are part of um, your. your um, you know, it is almost like you know. If, in, in my in my profession, we have to do Lexel and uh, CQS audits, and I'm sure in all the jobs you do. You've God, got that. No, it is. But the point being is, it's a tick box, isn't it? Yeah. It's a tick box that says you do that, you do that, you do that, and you've got to do that. And I don't think that that will change. But I think what 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 interested me was that he didn't see that as right. Well, we've done that. He just says, well, I have to do that, but this is what I want to do. So, you know, I think as I said, I think he he, he spoke. Um, for instance, when they're in Watford, I think there's twelve boroughs in Watford, and he said we went we ended, we ended up having a meeting, in every single one of them. Um, so they want to, since some of them will be at the club, but then we want to go into other places uh and and sort of like bug, sort of go into the community with with the with the engagement. Um, you know, mention the possibility because it's bug Bear, mine, too, particularly for the exiles, I swear so we can get some of these meetings um on 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 Zoom or whatever, and it, you know, you seem reasonably receptive to that. Um and the other thing is sometimes we you know, and PST coming for a lot of a lot of grief about this, you know, uh, particularly you know the ones pushing agendas about having secret meetings and all this. But to be fair, sometimes the, there's there's meetings that take place with the club, and and then the clubs say, "Look, this is, don't make this public." And 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 then what, so what do you do? Do you do you go public and break the, the you know the trust that you're trying to build with the club? Or do you respect what's said, and then when other people find out about it from other sources, then they say you have meetings behind everybody else, Then you get your Chinese whispers going on. Yeah, and, and yeah, and it's all over, you know. So it, that's incredibly frustrating, and 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 we sort of tackle that head on, and 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 it was very refreshing for him to say, "No, tell everybody that we met today. Um, tell him, tell everybody that I've committed to meet with you on a regular basis." Um, and and that's what you want to hear, really, because nobody wants to be going. At, People might think think oh that the, the, they think it's so important because they're in any... these. The last thing anybody on the BSC committee wants to do is to have a meeting that isn't immediately shared with everybody. Now sometimes you can't, and the you know listen going back to when we were doing stuff uh, when the Oysters were there, there genuinely were reasons why you couldn't publicise what you were doing because if you did, um, a it could have led to people getting in trouble, and secondly it would have given the Oystons. Um, an insight into what was going on, so you genuinely did have to keep quiet about what you were doing and keep it under the radar. And it was for everybody's benefit. But what nobody wants to have a meeting with a club in the current environment and then have to keep keep it quiet. You don't you don't want to do that. If you're told to do it, then the reality is, unfortunately, you have to. You know, and and, and there may be good reasons, but it's good to have a CEO say no. Tell everybody. And, and and tell everybody that I'm going to be meeting with them as well. Not just meeting with BST. It's not about not not just about BST. This, it's about uh, communication and proper engagement between fan and club, uh, because that's because I think there was a, a period of about four or five months, six months even last year, where we didn't hear a dicky bird from anybody, uh, and that's not good for anybody because because the vacuum gets filled with poison and nonsense and um, misinformation. Meg uh, McCarthy and Mick McCarthy. <laughs> so, but it does, doesn't it? People just it, it fills with the vacuum fills with a load of a load of crap, basically. And if you've got a club that's speaking to you all the time, that's giving you regular updates, um, and and explaining what they're up to in in the in in the confines that they're prepared to share, that that's 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 a massive positive. Uh, and any club, never mind Blackpool, never mind, or, you know that's what we want to hear, you know, if we have the CEO speaking to fans, uh, you know, at least on a monthly basis, um, publicly, and telling, telling everybody what's going on, and answering questions, and um, you know, if one of the things he said was, you know, for your next meeting, ask your members to send questions in, and and feed some of them into me, and I'll give answers, so, you know, that's you know, that's what you want, isn't it? You and, and we want to share that with everybody. And no doubt you'll be, you know, not just doing it with BST, you'll be doing it with other people as well, which is
1: incredibly positive on the communication front. It is, because if you want to also, if you want to avoid us and them, if you want it to be us, then you actually have to know who who they are. And we've had, you know, we've had a turnover of staff and we, we never even worked out who half of them were and what they did. Um, and you know, you just tend to naturally empathize more with people that speak to you, communicate that are open with you. Treat them more like humans than if they're just faceless suits. So I think that openness can only be a good thing for for everybody. You know, if if we get more dialogue, more openness, and more engagement with the with the senior levels of the club, then there's more likely to be paid. It's more likely to feed into patience with what you know as a club are doing a long-term project that might at times require patience then there's more likely to be that patience because it, it's harder just to write it all off as faceless incompetency when when you actually can hear and see the people who are in the show a bit more
2: pressing the flash i think is the well yeah is the is the phrase isn't it yeah i agree with that it's guess it's like um to use a, an office analogy it's if you're working in a remote team, you're on teams all the time, it's quite easy just to be a bit, I don't know, uh, offish with people who you just chat to online. But as soon as you go and meet them in the office and share a song together, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I it he <laughs> it it's meant meant a It relationship of... with people, then, yeah, yeah. you get a better working relationship. Did yeah, no, it's like just... when he
1: said a blended approach, that sounded a bit like uh, uh, an office. An office raised, right, in not it? A blended dialogue approach, but I think that
3: to be my office, uh, my management speak,
4: rather. Right? <laughs> he's 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 obviously his job becomes easier if results and performances are good on the field, right? But but we're far more inclined if he does the right things. We're far more inclined to give him more time on the, and he's he's going to get the patience that you spoke about. A little bit more, or the vitri- any vitriol not aimed at him, uh, it will be it will be just towards the uh, the manager and and all the players, whichever. But his his job will become easier if the performances on the field are better, and uh, and we'll get more. Did he speak about the fans and and how he takes it? Because like they keep wanting to the analogy. Statement from uh, Sadler spoke about the 12th man and things like that. Like, there's no chance if the performances stay like they are that there's going to be any 12th man.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.